Welcome to Tradeoffs, a show where ProfitWell's Patrick Campbell and Product Habits Heat and Shock collect data to understand the trade-offs product teams are making with questions like... The next question we ask is, have you ever recommended Netflix to anyone? Asking people how often they use Spotify. Today, we're breaking down data from customers of Evernote, the note-taking giant that's been an industry staple since 2008. But with competitors like Notion creeping in, what trade-offs can their product managers make to keep Evernote on top? Evernote. Evernote. Are you using Evernote anymore? No. You notice how I said anymore? <laughs> I already kind of knew the answer. Do you use Evernote? Uh, I have stopped using Evernote. 2008, which everyone's <laughs> like, oh, like that was only so long ago. That was light years ago in terms of yes. technology and stuff. That, that is so true. It's so, and they were one of the first big freemium plays, like you totally. said. They were the ones that popularized first it in some mobile play ways. as well, yep. right? Yep. And they executed at least the acquisition strategy for freemium, I think, better than I mean, it's, it's what, 225 million users later? 25 languages? Yep. Um, they definitely got ahead in the mobile market. I think that the number one reason that business worked in the beginning is because when mobile apps were barely taking off, mm. barely starting, when we barely had any, and when we had multiple platforms, started having multiple platforms, this company really captured that. Yeah. Without without that change and shift in the world, I don't think Evernote would exist today. We asked how often do people use Evernote? This yep. was 276 people. 30%, the highest number, was every month, like once per month. Wow. Uh, That's which it? Is for a notes, a notes product. Yeah, which is kind of scary. 29% said weekly. 19% said a few times per month. You know, 21% said daily. Now, something I have found with notes apps, like we did a little research on the pricing side, is that yeah. you do have people who only use it like monthly or in certain types of meetings or things like that. Yeah. It's the hardcore people you really care about. Those daily folks are probably the ones they, they should, you know, be building product for, they should be you sure. know, doing their pricing model for, et cetera. Yeah, and that's only about one fifth of people, right? Yeah. In which this is, case and I think it's okay. Is, yeah. I don't know if it's okay if they're not building for those people. As a PM, I'd be worried because I'd be like, Well, only one fifth of the user base is using this product daily. Sure. And we need to do something about that. But that's a trade-off right. with a free product that I think a lot of PMs don't think about, a lot of product folks. Yeah, that's a good point. Like for us, I mean, we have a free product that a lot of startups use. We're not building for the startups. Um, and I think the, the biggest finding here, everyone does not have product market fit. Does not, yeah. And the way we're measuring that, um, the Sean Ellis model of how disappointed would you be if you could no longer use Evernote. Yep. 23% said that they would be very disappointed and we're looking for a threshold of at least 40%. Yep, pretty low. Um, and when you have this kind of product market fit score and it's like a pretty, uh, established product, mm -hmm. it takes a, it takes a lot to move it Yeah, because there's the already established user base using it mm. and they have a certain impression about the product totally. and there's millions of them. So let's, let's say, let's find out why people said, uh, they'd be very disappointed, uh, if they could no longer use Evernote. So, uh, 25% said it keeps me organized. Uh, I find the app very useful in organizing notes. I use this tool daily to stay organized. Yeah. I use Evernote to organize shopping lists, keep track of kids' activities, and make lists for particularly everything in my life. I think mm. that goes to your point about like yeah. building for everybody. Totally. Right? They, they did a good job of doing that. Um, I use it for taking important notes. Sure. Uh, that's 14%. That goes to your point of the study that you said where like uh, you folks studied it and realized that there are some folks who will open it occasionally. Uh, and then a lot of people, and this is the one that like I think is worth discussing. Thirteen percent said Evernote is great. There's no, there's no like signal better, either yeah. way. Right. For these types of products, like I think that there's a lot of innovation done over like UI and, and the user experience and things like that, and like with the actual features within that product. But do you think that there's there's a point where it's just 
the product can remain stagnant and they just need to find the base of users that appreciates that product? It's really tough to grow. And it has a lot to do with, you know, for everyone that signs up, what percentage of those folks uh, retain on mm. a daily and weekly basis, especially if you have a daily use product. Sure. Evernote, for all intents and purposes, is a daily, a daily use, use product. product yeah. And there are things that can be done to make it uh, make a higher percentage of people use it daily. It's like a value product, no longer a growth product. Exactly. So if it was a, if it was in yeah. a larger company, theoretically, they could use that as like an entry point or something like that. Absolutely. Rather than yeah. like the core product. But when that's all the product you have, like yeah. you don't get to do the end of life. Yeah, and I think <laughs> we saw that in the primary benefit. Yeah. So we asked, you know, what is the primary benefit that you receive from Evernote? Yep. Uh, and, you know, 22% said keeps the notes organized, you know, allows me Very to organize consistent. all of my notes in one digital place. Um, ease of use, I thought was good. That was about 12%. Uh, and then the syncing across devices as we kind of came back here, um, that was about 11%. That's their big value prop. That's the big, like, functional Where they value started. prop. Exactly. Right, that's what people remember. Now all the products do that, basically? Yeah, exactly. They still remember Evernote as doing that. Yeah. It was the first one. Yeah, and what's kind of scary to me is, like, have you ever recommended Evernote to someone? Yep. Uh, I mean, 64%, which isn't terrible, no. but when you're seeing this type of data in context with other types of data, like, for example, I recommend Evernote only because I'm like, what is something that someone can use to take notes? Uh, and now I say Notion, but I used to say Evernote because that was just like, hey, figure out how you should take notes. Like I wasn't prescribing Evernote specifically, right. but I was like, use this, use Evernote, use et cetera. So yeah. I'm recommending it, but it's not like a hard so, recommendation. So that's interesting because yeah. I actually recommend Bear. Oh yeah, Bear is out yeah. there. Yeah, I don't I recommend Notion. Bear. I actually consider Notion a document app. Interesting. Yeah, in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I've used all of them through the iterations. I've used Simple Note. Yeah. And there's Vesper. That's interesting. Uh, by John Gruber. One of the I was helping a company that was a, a wiki. Yeah. And one of the biggest things I recommended to them was like syncing with all of these other note apps. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is people, you know, they don't necessarily naturally open the wiki in order to write a note That's right. or write their their thing. They open up a Google Doc, they open up everything. And then they, they transfer it over. And then yeah. they transfer Great it idea. over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your product yeah, connects yeah, to yeah. multiple services. Yeah. Exactly. My product, FYI, connects to multiple yeah. services. It's just the way we think Integrations, about the world. exactly. Right. And I think that's the way to think about the world today. There's yeah. so many products out there connect to them. Well, that's what's interesting too about like how can Evernote be improved? Yep. You you see more integrations popped up for yep. about 5%, 5 of, of folks, people. Yep. you know, better integrations. And, and I think that, you know, for example, like some people said OneNote makes more sense to them because it's right there in the Microsoft, yep. right? Where it's like, it's in that ecosystem already. Yep. And, and that's a pretty big deal. Um, I also found that like, you know, a better interface. That was kind of interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, 7% of people a, said a, that. It's a decent interface, but I think people haven't seen it get better. I think that's, right? but that's where like there's an interesting yeah. trade-off because with 225 million types of people oh, yeah. in there, like it's kind of like project management. Like every project management app is the same. It's just the reason you like one or the other is because it does the little 20% of things that you want to do versus the other ones. Totally. And Yeah, and I think that what scared the hell out of me. Me too. 32% of people said it's good as it is. Really scary as a PM because you don't know what to do. Like, what do you do as a yeah. product team? Yeah. Like, what do you do? What do you focus on? Like, So if, if I were looking at this list, yeah. right, you have good as it is, better interface, more features, more integrations. Yeah. If it were me as a PM, I think about retention a lot. Sure. Like, probably more than most folks just because retention is everything in my mind. Yeah. And yes, there's the anti-retention products and all those kinds of but things. But there's still retention. There's a school, there. There's still retention, yeah, right? Yeah, you still have to get them to do something. Yeah, yeah, anti-usage, yeah. correct. Um, more integrations. If it were me, I'd go after more integrations. Yeah. Out of this list, that's the one thing that a lot of other products have that Evernote does not. Yeah. What's interesting though is even the, the there was a lot of price came in here. 
like making yeah. it cheaper even though it's a free app and most people it's it, they're they're probably using the free product out of the 225 right. million right they have had a weird story with pricing yep because it was so free and this is why i was asking the question of you know does the whole 100 year story thing right did that mess them up because basically they were just like oh 100 years and then all of a sudden i'm sure there was internal pressure where it's like wait you need to make some money <laughs> you know you need right, to make right. some money now. now like we can't wait yeah. 50 years to make money right and so all of a sudden it was just like, you know, they didn't revamp their pricing until it was very, very like later in their life cycle. Um, you know, in 2016, they'd started adding restrictions to their free plan. Yeah. Everyone went kind of nuts. Well, the um, amount of devices you can sync, I know you were talking about it before, but totally. we should definitely dig into that. Like, do yeah. you think that was from a pricing standpoint, particularly, Yeah, that was a good move? Because from a retention standpoint, if you're pricing on retention totally. on this one, yeah, 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 it was yeah. a horrible move. Yeah, but but totally. from a pricing standpoint, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So I think that it, there's two types of free. Yeah. There's 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 faux free trial, which yeah. is basically like I give you 100 widgets or what's Correct. per month. And then yeah. my target customer is within 14 to 21 days in that month is theoretically going to get over those 100 widgets. And then they're going to be and a high percentage of them are going to upgrade. So it's like a yeah. freemium as free trial. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Faux free trial. And then there's forever free, which is basically... We might still have a little bit of a trigger yep. to, to upgrade, but then there's some other way that we're going to make money, yep. you know, on, on you essentially. And I think that Evernote, they they kind of played with both of these a little bit. So yep. like the forever free was basically, oh, we'll get you when you upgrade to a business plan. That's kind of something that they tried in the past couple of years right. where they still had that personal plan that you could buy, but really they were trying to go for, for business. And that's why it was so generous on the free side. And then all of a sudden, I'm sure there was internal pressure, new CEO, a bunch of other stuff going on yep. where it's just like, we need to restrict. Now, now to answer your question directly, I think that there's just a move there that you have to do, especially when it's like $7 a month. Dropbox actually did it recently too. Yeah, but I didn't hear yeah. about it, right? That's right. Yeah, it wasn't something that People was People like weren't complaining. Sh- People weren't complaining yeah. because I think that they did it in a scaled way and yeah. also their NPS was probably high enough and all yep. these different things were good. Whereas in this case, I think that Evernote, it was, it was kind of, it, it was just too late and they hadn't yep. trained their customers to expect pricing style changes. Fair. And I think that there were some issues that people just were reminiscent about other problems that were out there. Now from your retention perspective, just to like, you know, answer your question directly, I, I don't know what a better option is. Like the number of notes like you don't want to do speed ah, of syncing. So you're worried about value metric there. Totally. Yeah. yeah like what are, what's the other option? And this is kind yeah. of like a reasonable option. Now, should it have just stayed at three versus two or yeah, something like true. that? Maybe. But it, it's hard to say without looking at some of the internal yeah. data. I, can I would have you. tried to figure out what would have what would have been the threshold where you're not losing out too much on retention. Well, and this is, this is what I was about to say is like, I think that what I would have rather have done if I was in charge of their pricing was really looked into the activity of those hardcore users. Yeah. Because when we did a pricing page trader on Evernote, we basically found those folks who were super, super like aggressive from an anal retentive standpoint, willingness to pay was like two to three times just the general user. Oh, wow. Okay. And so looking at what they're doing, because when you have 225 million people, keep them happy, keep them going, and then find another way to monetize them essentially is really how I would look at it. Um, what would you likely use as an alternative? Yep. Um, OneNote with 18%, Google Keep with 11%. Yeah, surprising. Um, thought that was kind of surprising because yeah. Google Keep, I remember it coming out and I just have, haven't, I just completely forgot about probably it. I don't even know how to get to it. Yeah, I don't, I, like yeah. I'd search Google Keep probably in Google. Yeah. And then OneNote, I think it's like bundled with everything else in Microsoft. It, it feels like it is, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, and there were other apps mentioned, but these are the two that were prevalent. So default phone note apps, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft and G Suite products, other ones that were mentioned, but at the end of the day, it's OneNote and Google Keep. Yeah, totally. Said. And what, but what about NPS? What about NPS? Ugh. Oh, that's Not sad. Good. 
for a company that I still look up to yeah, in same. a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, so NPS, scale of negative 100 to 100, it's measure of customer satisfaction. And NPS of one, one. from Evernote. And that's down from when you did the FYI research where yep, it was, it was 10. a 10. So it was a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Still but it, nobody's satisfied. You know, a lot of detractors, I think this sums up a lot of things. It's fine, but it's not amazing. You know, yeah, and even a promoter is basically saying it's easy to use, yes, but you need a learning curve. I think there's a learning curve on And it. at first it'll be hard, but once you get the hang of it, it's amazing and you can't live without it. To be frank, that's how I feel about Notion as well. Yeah. Because I sit there and, and I, I think I told you this. I yeah. feel like a 70-year-old man discovering an iPhone. That's right. Not, yeah. not for the real right reasons. Not right, like, right, right. oh my God, this is amazing, but yeah. more like, I don't know it out. how to press Where buttons. am I? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, if I click this, what's going to happen? But even with Evernote, yeah. that was my biggest problem yeah. is that I, it was supposed to make me organized, but I felt like I had to do a lot of work to get organized. Yeah. So what about trade-offs? Like if you were running product, how do you look at it? I'd be I'd be spending a lot of time to figure out how to get get the usage up, and then also really think through the UI and think through like what are what are we missing, or mm. do we just do a refresh just to show that we're sort of making moves? Because sometimes that's yeah. good enough. I think what what you're saying is super easy to say, but incredibly difficult. Oh, of course, yeah. For for this base, right? Of course, yeah. Like, do I, they, like, I'm sure if they did like a, a usage pattern of like notes per day or something like that and just took the upper quartile, the amount of constraints just on, hey, design something for them, like the amount of different directions they could go would just be insane. That's why I think low hanging fruit is just refresh it. Yeah. That's what the research shows. They right? need to be, they, they, need, need, to be, they need to be fresh yeah. and lively and figure out what that means. Doesn't mean you need to add features. Doesn't mean you need to like completely redesign it. Yeah. Even just like, brighter colors, like something like that. Because I think people, folks think that this company hasn't kept up with the times. Interesting. And, and that's like underneath it. That's that, that's a big one. And then the the, the retention thing is like, it's always going to be tough. Yeah. And, and the way I would actually be looking to figure it out is spending a lot of time understanding competitors. Sure. Because this company has them. Those companies are hitting millions and millions of users now too. Yeah. Right. And I would also figure out like if people are switching, why are they switching? What are they going to? Yeah. And what causes them to switch off Evernote? They're still the giant in the market, yeah. which I think is great, but they're acting a little too much like the giant and not enough like the 100-year company. Like if we think about the 100-year company, they're, they're still babies, right? Like theoretically. That. And they need to keep acting like that, right? Yeah. What I worry about is maybe they, they, they radically change the free plan again because I think OneNote is super cheap yeah. or free. Yeah. I can't even remember. I think it's like bundled with Office That's and everything right. like that. Yeah. So it's basically like a loss leader. You just kind of get it. And in this particular case, I feel like what needs to happen is product needs to kind of take a step back and go, okay, is Notes a commodity? Well, I think the answer is yes. How about that? If Let's the answer is yes, is. it is yes. Then absolutely. what we need to do is we need to basically either go to that upper quartile or maybe that upper 10% of users, yeah. which is still a really large user base, right? Maybe it's like the, the whole, like, what would you radically do if like Evernote was just free for everybody, essentially? Maybe you build a calendar product. Maybe. Right? There's an example. Yeah, I know Sunrise did yeah. really well, and then Microsoft basically And then you could it. get some stickiness, <laughs> so. too, out of that. This is a really challenging problem. It's terribly and, challenging. And, and my suspicion uh, is that there's a lot of tech debt. Mm. This company's been around a while. Tech yeah. debt shows up real fast. Yeah. Right? And like, like. Mm-hmm. And addressing tech debt at 225 million users, yeah, that's going to be changing one thing. That's going to be a problem. So I'll bet that like mm-hmm. some of the reasons they can't do a lot of this stuff, I bet even a, a, a fixing up the UI is not as simple as we might be thinking. I bet you changing right. the pricing took yeah. a while. Yeah, just technically. So 
Like they just, it probably took a while to decide what to do. And then technically it was actually pretty difficult. So you have to be conscious of that when you're making these trade offs too, which Mm -hmm. is like the engineering time and what you're dealing with in terms of legacy. Well, that's what's so hard with product, right? Because when you have a product that has this many users and, and this tech debt, it's really hard to see the forest for the trees True. and like focus long-term versus short-term, you know, trying to figure out like how you balance that. And it's really easy for us to sit here with some data and be like, they should do this. And that's then like, totally. they're like, yeah, that would take a year. Yeah, exactly. Change. And that's not a factor. Even, not yeah. even with politics. That's just probably like the technical. biggest factor in, in some of these decisions that, you know, if we were running this company and, and, and responsible for product, we'd probably be thinking through a lot of like what's actually possible quickly Mm. instead of like worrying too much about like even what the customer wants, but what's possible quickly. Do you skunk skunk works it? I think that's tough when you have tech debt because you still need it plugged into something. So for example, if you Mm. skunk works it, the theory is, well, people still need to be able to log in with Evernote to something. (laughs) Right. So like, like you end up having to find pieces of the product that you can either tear out or make better fast. Yeah. So that you can basically go do the skunk works thing. So what it's I would do, one. yeah, what I would do is I would just say like, okay, assume all things are equal when it comes to the current product. Like we're not going to change anything. Yeah. What I would go back to the original thinking that they had with like Evernote food and Evernote, et cetera. Yeah. And just think about what are people using the notes for? Let's go one layer of abstraction higher or one layer of abstraction lower. With freemium, and, and, yeah. and we've talked about this a lot, you've built a base and now you own the lead. True. So they own 225 leads, probably like 50 to 60 million of them. They can send one email and get yeah. people to buy a bunch of shit. Yeah, those are right? the daily users. 50 and so it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, okay, for 50 million, what there's something you can build yeah. that will get you know really good MRR, really good uptake. Sure. And it might not be as much of the core product, but there's a world where it actually goes more than the core product Very good point. because of the 225 million. Yeah. I don't think they're using their free user base like yeah. they should be. Yeah. I think the free user base they've built and they're not using it to their full potential. I think Microsoft is using their, their free user base just rough shot, probably yeah, too there's, aggressively. There is a ton of cross-sell opportunity if they build the right thing. Yeah. All right. Well, Evernote. Evernote. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tradeoffs. If you go to producttradeoffs.com, you'll get more. And also share it with all your friends. That's right. On all the socials. All of them. Even the non-socials. Yeah, email. Just email. Email powerful. Text. Yeah. Text. Tell people signals. all about it. Yeah. I also prefer pigeons. pigeons. Pigeons are good. Like just pigeon messages. I like that. Yeah. Little trade-offs. Put it in a I'll USB. I'll expect one next week. Send it over there. Yeah, I'll send a USB over. It'll be good. Okay. We'll see you next week. Later.